time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Good morning. You know, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples right before he, right before he left, they was all confused and upset. And what did he, he say? I will send you a comforter. You know what's so neat? That same comforter he was talking about is here this morning. Is that cool or what? Is that cool? Now, to me, that is so cool. The evidence of, of the Holy Spirit is here this morning. He's already been here. I feel so refreshed already. So, hey, thanks for coming this morning. Let's, uh, we're going to be in Romans today. Romans 8 is the scripture we're going to uh, kind of take a look at and see what God has to say about it and read, uh, read about the Holy Spirit. Read about being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Learn how to live in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we just get, the Holy Spirit gets lost in all this Father God stuff and all this, uh, uh, the, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gets lost out. And I think he's one of the most important aspects of the Godhead. If you have trouble with that, you know, the Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you have trouble with that, go home. A lot of people have trouble understanding that. Just go home and get you an egg and hold that egg in your hand. See, that's one egg. It's just one egg. That's all it is. You crack that egg and you put it in a bowl. Now I got the shell and I got the white and I got the yolk. Same thing with God. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's here this morning. And we're going to uh, look into the Word. Romans 8 is where we're going this morning. Father, we ask you, bless this uh, this word this morning, Father, let us hear what you would have us to learn this morning, Father. Father, I just want to lift up the uh, offering that went forth earlier. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to multiply it. I thank you, Lord, that it's going to be above and beyond what we need to keep the lights on and keep everything running around here. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have this honor, this, this privilege of being called children of God. We have this uh, high calling today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity Father, I stand here humbly this morning for the opportunity to read your word. And Father, I ask you to just speak through me, Father. Not my words, but your words. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, life through the Holy Spirit. Verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation in those who are in Jesus Christ Jesus. Let's take that first sentence and... and and let's, let's just take a look at it. There's no condemnation. If, if Satan's trying to tie you up in your past, if Satan's trying to tell you, well, you're no good drunk, you're no good drug addict, you do this and you do that. No. The Bible says there is no condemnation. There's no shame. There's no, well, I did this yesterday. There's none. There's no condemnation. That don't mean I can go out here and just do what I want to do. That don't mean I can just run out here and just do it all night long and Saturday night. I can't. That, that, no, that's not what it's all about. He said there's no condemnation. See, if you're a child of God, the first thing that happened to me, what should happen to you too, is you get this hunger to change. You get this hunger to want to live for Jesus. 
You give this hunger to take all that old stuff and put it behind me and get rid of it. And along with that comes no condemnation. So don't let Satan tie you up. Don't let Satan tell you, well, you did this yesterday. Yesterday's gone. It's done. I can't redo it. I can't refix it. I did what I did, Lord. That don't mean I don't have to fall on my knees and ask for forgiveness. Start right now. Right now this morning, where you stand and where you're at, make a decision that, that I want to change. And along with that change comes no condemnation. We're children of God. We're children of the Most High. Don't let him tie you up because he will tie you up. My wife's always saying, he knows where your goat's at, and he'll tie him up. He will. <laughs> because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You are set free this morning. Let me encourage you. You are set free this morning. You are set free from any illness. You are set free this morning. Any, any shame, you are set free this morning. Any drug addicts, any alcoholics, any, anything, any stress, you are set free. Depression is set free this morning. Not because I say it. It's because what the Word says. It's what the, Jesus said right here in the book. Paul wrote this book. He says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Wow. Praise Jesus. Father, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit has set us free. Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so condemn sin in the flesh. See, we can't be out here living in the flesh and expect to be living in the spirit. We can't be out here partying and doing all this stuff all during the week and come here on Sunday morning and when all of a sudden want to jump over into the spirit. Living in the spirit is a lifestyle. Living in the spirit is, is something that we learn as we, as we go along in Jesus. Living in the spirit, we have to learn that we have to pray. If we're going to live in the, in the spirit, because I have to be in communication with my father. Living in the spirit means that I'm going to have to read the word. Because if I don't know who he is, if I don't know his character, if I don't know his principles, if I have questioned who he is, how am I going to live in the spirit? How am I going to do it? So living in the spirit, we have to learn that we have to stay in communication with him. We have to fellowship with him. Got to be in fellowship with the father. And we've got to pray. Communication. Verse 4. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. 
Those who live, verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds on what the flesh desires. Do I need to read that again? Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. What's your mind set on this morning? What's your mind set on this morning? When you got up and got ready for church, was your mind set on coming to church and visiting with God? Visiting, fellowshipping with the brothers? Let me finish that. According to the flesh, their minds are set on the flesh. But those who live according, but those who live according with the Spirit have their minds set on spiritual desires. What do you desire today? What are your desires today? Do you feel like you desire to walk with the Lord or do you desire to walk with the world? See, Jesus gave us a choice. We have a choice. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to talk to him. You don't have to even recognize he's there if you don't want to. That's your choice. That's the neat thing about Jesus. He don't force us to do nothing. He gives us a choice. You have a choice to get him to come up here on Sunday morning. You have a choice to get up and go fishing on Sunday morning. Go to the golf course. Just lay in bed. How's that? Watch a little preacher on the TV. Let me tell you, you can go, you can stay there, lay there and watch a little preacher on the TV, but I can't tell you. There's nothing like coming here and visiting with the body. Seeing all you guys. Coming together, united together to lift up our pastor. Coming together and unite together to lift up each other. Because you don't know when you walk through that back door who needs to see you this morning because they're struggling, because they're having a tough time. And you might be there just at the right time. So what are, you, what are your desires this morning? How do, you, how do you get up in the morning? What do you desire? My wife gets up before I do, not to lift up my wife, but she gets up before I do. And normally when I get up and walk in the living room, she's got Bibles and papers and it's all over the place and she's in the Word. She desires, she has a desire to learn about Him. We have to have a desire. We have to have a desire to drink from the river of life. We have to have a desire to live this life for Jesus. That little flicker and faint flame that's in all of us. What, is, what does the Bible say? Uh, every man is born with a, a measure of faith. What you do with that measure is that desire. What I do with that measure is that desire. That desire. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. How's your peace this morning? You have peace this morning? I can tell you one thing. My pastor is in the midst of a battle, but he has peace. I tell you what, that's the most thing that impressed me when I went to see him was his peace that he has. His reassurance that he has. It, I, I left there encouraged. Me and Dwayne went there to minister to him, and he ministered to us. What a blessing. 
The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. I'm not making this stuff up. This is in Romans 8, 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to the law, nor can it so. Mm. Verse 8. Those who are in the rim of the flesh cannot please God. God. Read that again. Those who are in the rim of the flesh cannot please God. Do you have a desire to please God? That's the question. Do you have a yearning desire to stand up right before the Lord? Do you have a, a yearning desire to be called a man of God? Do you have that, that yearning to be called a child of God? Do you have that yearning to be known, to be known as a child of God? We have to have that desire and wake up with it every morning. Those who are in the rim of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, you, however, <laughs> I like that, you, however, are not in the rim of the flesh, but are in the rim of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if, you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to God. I don't know about you this morning, but I sure would hate to have to walk out that door and face the battles that are out there without Jesus in my life. I know I'm not supposed to look back, but I can look back on my life and I can see where I used to depend on me. And what a mess I made of that. We won't go into that story. What a mess I made. But when I decided that I had that desire, that desire in my heart to change and to follow Jesus, when I made that decision, everything changed. And he'll do the same thing for you. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus, before we leave, we're going to have an altar call. And if you don't know Jesus... Don't walk out this room not knowing Jesus. Don't do it. Because we're talking about eternity here. We're not talking about the next day or next morning. We're talking about eternity. We're dealing with eternity. Where are you going to spend your life for eternity? It's not that hard. It's very simple. It's very easy. Most people say, well, I don't want to be a Christian. They don't have no fun. <laughs> I can hear that a lot of us can testify to that this morning. I have more more uh, fun today than I have than I wake up and know where I'm at. Ain't that impressive? Read 9 again. You, however, are not in the flesh, in the rim of the flesh, but are in the rim of the Spirit. And if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to God. That's what's the matter with our world today. The world's upside down. Bad. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Every one of you sitting in this room have the answer. That's Jesus. He can cure all the problems. He can make all the peace. But a lot of us are stubborn. 
Stubbornness will get you nowhere. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, and even though the body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Now, how, what, what, how do we get righteous? We're just right standing with God. That's it. It's that simple. I am righteousness. Say that to yourself. Say it. I am righteous. I am a righteous person. That's not to lift any of us up, but it's just the way what Jesus said. Bingo. But if Christ lives in you, then even through the body, even though the body is subject to death because of sin, that sinful nature that we're all, that we're all born with, I know that sounds, we're all born with this sinful nature. You take a, a child, you know, five years old or three years old, they're going to want to do a little evil stuff before they do some good stuff. It's just the way it is. So you see, Jesus made us righteous. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with Danny. Jesus did it. All I got to do is line up with him. That's all. Just get in line with him. 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. See, it don't have nothing to do with me. It's all about the spirit. It has nothing to do with Danny. Jesus, the Spirit. So I can't blow up my head this morning. It's not about me. Verse 12 starts off with therefore. What does the pastor say about therefore? If you see therefore in the Bible, you need to look and see what it's there for. So we're going to look and see what it's there for. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, you and me, every one of us that call ourselves children of God, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to let the light shine through us. We have an obligation to share the gospel. We have the obligation to love people, to be kind to people, to be patient with people. That obligation. I have an obligation to watch what I do. I have an obligation to be in communication with Jesus. I'm going to trip over that chair before it's all over. You watch. <laughs> obligation, but it is not to the flesh. You don't have an obligation to the flesh to live according to it. So we don't live according to the flesh. We don't live, we don't have an obligation to the flesh anymore. Anymore. You will die. But if the spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live and not die. I added that. So we have to put, put, a, put the misdeeds of the body away. In other words, we've got to put old habits away. We've got to put 
old things that we've done before, we've got to put them away. And you see, when you're a new Christian, you put away all this stuff. What happens is you put away all this stuff, and the world don't see you as a child of God. So they're still talking about you. They're still running their mouth. They're still, well, that Danny, well, that, well, that Danny, well, he did, well, that Danny, he, he's, even after you've been serving them 30 years, they're going to say that. Well, Danny did this and Danny did that. Let me tell you something. Don't let that affect your walk. Keep walking. Stand firm. Because that's Satan coming at you with that stuff. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. We need to get authority over Satan. We think he's some big monster. He ain't nothing. We have authority over him. He's supposed to be at the oh, below my feet. I'm supposed to bruise his head with my heels. But if you live by the Spirit, you put the misdeeds of the body, you will live. 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's a real simple verse, isn't it? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. That old body, that old man's dead. I don't care what the world says. That old man's gone. He's dead. He's finished. I am a new creation. I am a child of God. And you've got to get in his face and tell him that. I am a child of How dare you? How dare you come over here and try to steal my stuff? How dare you attack my pastor? How dare you take our finances? How dare him? See, we just don't get bold with him. We're kind of scared of him. You got to get right in his face and tell him. I come in the name of the Lord like David. Yeah, I come in the name of the Lord. We got to realize who we are, the power that we have, living in the Spirit. You live in the Spirit, things are going to change. Your life's going to change. Your wife's going to start acting right. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> things are going to get good, but I'm telling you, we're stretching it now. <laughs> That was it. That was at 12.37 I said that. I mean, 11.37 I said that. Let's soak in a minute. Whew. That was the Spirit talking, not me. <laughs> 14, let's move on before I get in trouble. Already read it. For those who led by the Spirit are children of God. Isn't it nice to be a child of God? Isn't it great to be a child of God? The spirit in you receives does not make you a slave. The spirit in you you receive does not make you a slave. You're not a slave. People think, well, if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to give up this. I'm going to have to do this. And he's going to want me to do this over here. And Man, I just don't know. I don't want to be no slave to no Christian. I don't want to be, I got too much pride. I ain't got, I ain't going to mess with that. No, I don't want to be a slave. He don't make you a slave. You got a choice. You have a choice to live 
by the Spirit of God or by the flesh. Now, I don't know about you, but what a choice. The choice is simple, isn't it? Don't you want to be known as a Christian? Don't you want to be known as a powerful woman of God? Don't you want to be known as a man of God? Don't you want to leave a legacy? And when people think back on you after you've been gone for 10 years, well, that old Danny Red, he was, he was definitely living by the Spirit. He was definitely a man of God. What a legacy. What a legacy to live. You're not a slave. The Spirit you receive does not make you a slave so that you live in fear. Mm. Are you living in fear today? Are you living in fear because you got a bad report? Are you living in fear because tomorrow your insurance is due and your car's broke down and the washing machine don't work right and things are just have all gone south, as they say? Don't live in fear. I'll call on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Call on Jesus. Say, Lord, things are a mess down here. Can't you see? Sometimes you want to spin around and go, did you see that? You have to be patient. It might not show up when you think it ought to. It might not show up till the last minute. But I'll tell you something about Jesus. He's never too late and he's never too early. He is always right on time. He's always right on time. So it doesn't make you a slave so that you live in fear. I don't live in fear. Rather, <laughs> like that, rather, the spirit you received bought you about your adoption to the sonship. You have been adopted into sonship. You are a son of God now. You know, if, if Benny and Roberta go out and adopt a little boy, that, that little boy has been bought into their family, and it'll be in his family forever. Same way with Jesus. You have been adopted into the sonhood. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. What an honor to be adopted into the family of God. What an honor it is to be adopted into the Son of God. Rather than out here running around in the flesh acting crazy. See, that goes back to that obligation. Now I'm a son of God. That's back in the verse 12. It says, we have an obligation. Okay, here's the obligation right here. We don't live in fear. Because we have been adopted into the son of, sonship of God. All those problems, yeah, they're still there, sure. But there's this reassurance. There's this, I got it. God's got it. Whenever I had my transplant 15 years ago, I was in a coma. And I actually was in the presence of the Lord while they were fighting for my life. Here are people been in the presence of the Lord. I have. 
I've been there. And there was no fear there. There was no problems. I mean, it's like a nice spring day. Everything was just so peaceful. And it was like he was saying to me, putting his hand on my shoulder, and he was saying, I got this. I got this. That's what he's doing with Paul right now, our pastor. He's saying, I got this. It might look bad in the flesh, but in the spiritual realm, he's been healed. In the spiritual realm, it's already done. In the spiritual realm, it's past tense. Praise the Lord. So we have an obligation. We've been, we've been saved. We're not slaves. And by him we cry. Abba, Father. The Father has done so much for us. Jesus has done so much for us. And we don't have to live in fear anymore. Send Satan and all his demons pecking. Because we live in peace. The Spirit, the Spirit Himself testifies, when it's 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit. That we are children of God. So the Spirit testifies with our spirit. And he tells us, you're a child of God now. I think of uh, the people coming across the border. How they go through deserts and risk their children's life, risk their lives trying to get here so they can be an American. The torture they must go through to get here. Same way with us. All that stuff that I did when I was a kid. (laughs) Satan had his hand, I mean, Jesus had his hand on me. I was serving Satan, but Jesus had his hand on me. Even though I didn't profess him, even though I wasn't serving him, even though I didn't really care about Jesus, I was more cared about myself. I was worried about what Danny's going to do. I was worried about how Danny's going to get his next high, how Danny's going to get his next whatever. I didn't care about Jesus. But you know, at the same time, Jesus had his hand on me. Even though I was that sinner out there running around the world, he had his hand on me. It's like he said, Son, Son, do you ever ask yourself why? Why he wasted his time with me? Do you ever ask yourself all that stuff I did, all that crazy stuff you do? I'm sure that a bunch of you here did too. I'm going to say it. All that crazy stuff that you did. He had his hand on us. Because he looked down through time and he saw that when Danny hit 35 or 34, right in there somewhere, 89 I think it was, 
He saw that there was going to be a, a, a manifestation of him in my life. He saw that I was going to fall down and surrender to him. And I'd serve him the rest of my life. Jesus' grace, I don't understand it. I don't get it. His grace. It says he, he cast our sins so far to the west and so far to the east. You know why he didn't say north and south? Because if you travel north, you're going to wind up being going south sooner or later. And if you travel south, you're going to wind up being at the north. If you're going east to the west, if you're going west, you're just going to keep on going. I'm going west. You know, I'm going to keep on going. I'll never get there until I stop and turn around and I start going west. I'll never get there. His grace surpasses my understanding because I do not understand his patience, his grace, his love. Did you, did you experience that love this morning when we was all praying for the pastor up here? Did you feel that overwhelming love that it, just, it was just in the air? It was just so thick. It's the Holy Spirit. It was just so thick. That's not something I can create. That's not something you can create. Gabe can pray and play music. The worship team can play music as long as they want to, but they cannot imitate the presence of Jesus. There's no imitation for the presence of the Holy Spirit. That overwhelming love. You can be standing by somebody that you hate, you can't stand, and in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you'll have compassion for them, you'll pray for them, and you'll love on them. The presence of the Holy Spirit is so powerful. I experienced it this morning. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children of God, then we are heritors, heritors of God and co-heritors with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory, that glory, that glory to God, when he comes back for us, praise God, we're going to be glorified. We'll get that mortal body that we read about. Don't you want to be a part of that? Wow. We've got a few minutes. 18. We kind of shift it. Consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. I know it might be tough right now. I know you might go through some stuff. You might strain. You might just feel worn out. Go lay on your bed and just cry. But you see, it won't compare to the glory that is revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Wow. Waits in expectation. Do you wait in expectation this morning? Do, do you have a, an expectation of what Jesus is going to do today? When you wake up in the morning, do you say, Lord, what are you going to do in my life today? You're going to let me bring somebody to Jesus? 
What's my plan today, Lord? Or do we just get up and get a cup of coffee and go forward? See, God's planned out your day if we live in the Spirit. For the creation awaits eagerly expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but, but by the will of the one who subject to it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Guys, we have got something to look forward to. We have got something to look forward to today. When we walk out them doors, don't just take it as another Monday. Oh, just another Sunday afternoon. You know, oh, here we go. Oh, man, I tell you what. That was fun at church today, wasn't it? Yeah, I really got excited. No! Rise up. Take your position. It is time. It is time that we take our position as Christians. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as pains of childbirth right up to the present time. You know, the whole world is groaning for Jesus. The whole world. Not only so, but we who ourselves, who have the fruit of the first fruit of the Spirit grown outwardly in an eager, in a, in a eagerly for the adoption of the sonhood and the redemption of our bodies. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we just thank you today. We've been talking about the living with, living in the Spirit, so I don't, I don't think we got about oh, five minutes. I don't think we can live in the Spirit until we know what the fruits of the Spirits are. When I first got saved, you said, well, you got the fruit of the Spirit? I said, well, I didn't know there was a fruit of the Spirit. Did you? I mean, you, you have to learn these things. You have to learn what are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Wow. How many of them are evident in your life? How many of those are evident in my life? We would ask my wife, but we don't want to go there right now. <laughs> She's my meter, you know what I mean? Keeps me in line, yeah? So where are you at this morning on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Hey, this is Pastor Paul Golden. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and review. Also, you can help us to reach others by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you for joining us on LCC's podcast. God bless you and have a great day.